Welcome to the latest episode of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. And this time around, we are looking at the pilot episode of Millennium. So this was a Chris Carter spinoff that he conceived when he was working with director David Nutter on X-Files Season 2 episode titled Irresistible. And Carter writes and Nutter directs this pilot episode that they were able to put together to launch with Season 4. It was originally conceived to be independent of the X-Files, but then there are a couple of points that bring the two series together. One I'm aware of is that Jose Chung's From Outer Space has a tie-in. The character of Jose Chung appears in this series. And then when this was cancelled unexpectedly, the story arc is wrapped up in an episode of The X-Files. At this time, the only two episodes I've seen are the pilot, which I did originally watch when it aired, and that wrap-up in The X-Files. So everything in between is a bit of a mystery to me, and I'm hoping to avoid spoilers as I work through this series. Maybe a little bit difficult to do that, since I'll be doing things like reading trivia and such to discuss it in the podcast, and sometimes those trivia points spoil upcoming episodes. So this episode originally aired on Friday, October 25th, 1996, and it actually took over that X-Files time slot. So this came out in parallel with the fourth season of the X-Files. The first three episodes of season four aired in the usual Monday night time slot. And then when the fourth episode of the X-Files would have hit, we saw the pilot episode to Millennium and the X-Files moved to Sundays. So we've discussed David Nutter as a director before. He has built himself a very strong reputation for directing pilot episodes of series and really establishing the feel of them. In fact, I would say that Supernatural probably has the strongest pilot episode of any series that I've ever seen, and he directed the pilot to that one. Chris Carter, we all know because he created The X-Files. He's been discussed many times as we are going through these. This is one of four series that he created for Fox. So there was The X-Files and The Lone Gunman, which we've already discussed, Millennium. And then the fourth was Harsh Realm, where eight episodes were produced and three were aired, which we've made mention of but haven't really discussed. I am open to covering those episodes as well when the time comes. I do own the DVD set. So if you are interested in hearing about those in release order as we are going through the side material, even though it's not directly related to the X-Files, it does have a lot of creators in common. So if you'd like me to include coverage of Harsh Realm in this podcast as I am going through everything else, then simply email me at xfiles, that's x-f-i-l-e-s dot b42 at gmail.com. That is the email address dedicated to this podcast, or you can email the general bureau42podcasts at gmail.com. So in addition to those writer and director credits, we have got a cast that includes Lance Henriksen. So he is the star, Frank Black, and he has a very considerable IMDb credit list. He's got 240 credits. 
So we did discuss that briefly when we talked about the Millennium episode of the X-Files. I would say he's probably most recognizable from his role in Aliens, where he played Bishop. Now, Megan Gallagher, we haven't discussed before. She plays Frank's wife, who did not appear in the X-Files episode. And given some of the plot points here, I may be able to guess reasons for that. But again, I'm going to try to avoid spoilers. She is still actively working today with 66 credits to her name. Most recently, at least at the time of this recording, is an episode of NCIS from this year, 2020, is the recording year. Actually, it's not anymore. It's January 3rd, 2021. But she also appeared in Suits and is best known for her work in the Larry Sanders show, Millennium Suits and Scandal. Her credits date back to 1984 when she had an uncredited role in the Buffalo Bill TV series. Now, Bill Smitrovich plays Bletch. He's got 110 credits to his name, best known for his work in The November Man, Life Goes On, Ted, and Ted 2. And it's certainly Life Goes On that I know him from best. So here he plays Lieutenant Bob Bletch Fletcher for what appeared to be 11 episodes. So this is just his first appearance. And in this case, he is a police detective. Just to fill in some of the character background we have here, Frank Black used to work for the police, then he moved to the FBI. And he was really good at tracking down serial killers and serial criminals, but it was taking a psychological toll on him, so he retired. Now he works for the Millennium Consulting Group. And it's in that context that he gets brought in in the case of some very brutal murders. He sees things about them in the paper, and he makes himself available to the police and offers insights that cannot be easily explained in terms of details about the crime, why the killer is doing what he does. And as he's going through it, he does seem to have an almost paranormal ability, although he doesn't seem to think it's paranormal at this point, to see things through the killer's eyes, which doesn't necessarily give him the identity of the killer, but it does allow him to find locations that the killer has been to and find other points of insight that help put things together. So it is an interesting concept. He is able to help solve the case, but they can still leave a lot of the major blanks. He can't think what the killer is thinking. He can just see things through their eyes. And even then, their flashes he doesn't seem to be able to control. So when he starts working on this in Seattle, he works with the local police detective, and that Detective Bletch prompts him to say, well, why are you here? What exactly brought you in? And we find out that somebody sent photos of his wife and daughter to him with Polaroids basically saying they are being watched, they felt threatened, so they moved to Seattle. And the episode concludes with those Polaroids, or a new set of Polaroids, being taken locally in Seattle. Again, in an envelope with no return address. So his family is being targeted. We don't know by whom, and we don't know why. Now, another familiar guest star here is Terry O'Quinn. So we've seen him multiple times in the X-Files up to this point. He was in the first film. He was one of the super soldiers towards the end of season nine. 
So he's got 119 acting credits. We have discussed him at length. 1013 really likes working with him. He's also got a role in Harsh Realm that we will discuss more when the time comes, if that's something you guys are interested in. Paul Dillon plays the Frenchman, or the actual killer in this case. He's got 43 credits to his name, best known for his work as Patty O'Brien in Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery, as well as roles in On the Road, Soldier, and Cutthroat Island. Most recent acting credit at the time of this recording is from 2016. Now, Brittany Tiplety plays Jordan, that's Frank Black's daughter. She is best known for her work in this role in Millennium, as well as work in The Pledge, Hot Rod, and her appearance as Jordan Black in The X-Files. So that, coupled with the polarized that were sent at the end of this episode, really makes me think that Frank's wife is not going to survive the series since we see his daughter, but not his wife in The X-Files. There may be another reason for her not to be there, but in any event, she was most recently credited in 2009 in a role in a movie called Living Out Loud. And her first credit on the IMDb is from 1994 as a one-year-old in Sin and Redemption. So she is quite young in this one, and she will appear in 39 of the episodes. But she was born in 1991. So at this point, uh, since she was born in January, they probably did start filming this when she was five years old. Stephen E. Miller is also a familiar face. He appeared in three episodes of The X-Files as well as the second film. His first appearance was in The X-Files pilot, then he also appears in Dwayne Barry and Piper Maru before he comes back as a feed store owner. In the second film, he will have 12 appearances in the course of Millennium. Stephen J. Lang is best known for his work in Lone Star, Millennium, Disturbing Behavior, and Limbo. Here he plays Detective Bob Giebelhaus. He's got 10 acting credits to his name. The first is Lone Star, and then he goes Prefontaine, Carried Away, Disturbing Behavior, his 16 episodes of Millennium, then Our Guys, Limbo, the Fugitive TV series from the year 2000, Breaking News, and finally The Mad in an uncredited role as Old Man with Blow-Up Doll from 2007. Kate Leuben appears in this episode as Nurse Nancy. Well, sorry, she appears in this episode as Tuesday. She will appear in a later episode of Millennium, and she was Nurse Nancy in the X-Files episode Kill Switch. So we have discussed her work before. She's got 38 acting credits to her name, two of which are still in post-production. April Telek plays Calamity in this episode. This is her first of two episodes of Millennium. She has two different names credited here. She's got 129 credits to her name, working very consistently since then with work still in post-production. She is best known for her work in Supernatural, Rogue, Hell on Wheels, and Walking Tall. Don McKay plays Jack Meredith. That's the neighbor. He is best known for his work in First Blood, 3,000 Miles to Graceland, Millennium, and MacGyver, in which he played a pilot. He's got 126 acting credits to his name, most recently from Bates Motel in 2016. And this is his first of four appearances in Millennium. Now, Michael Patonin is another familiar face. He's appeared in multiple episodes of The X-Files. 
He is best known for work in Reindeer Games, Stargate SG-1, Stargate Atlantis, and The X-Files. Here he plays pathologist Massey. He does that in this pilot episode, as well as playing pathologist Massey in an upcoming episode titled The Judge. And a third episode titled Siren, he plays the coroner in 1998, so it's quite possibly the same character all three times. He also had four appearances in the X-Files in Deep Throat, Sleepless, 731, and Elegy. Jared Blankhard plays just one of the patrons here. He's got 20 acting credits to his name, most recent credit in 2012. Best known for his work in The Boys Club, It, Disturbing Behavior, and First Person Plural. He also played Michelangelo in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Next Mutation. Jim Thorburn plays Coffin Man here. It's a small role as a man who was buried alive in a coffin. It's his first of two appearances in Millennium in two different roles. The second will come in 1999. He's got 66 acting credits to his name, some of which are very recent. He is best known for his work in The Possession, Stargate SG-1, Smallville, and Mutant X. And the final credited performer in this episode is Kim Wakefield. She plays Young Woman, and this one episode of Millennium is her only IMDb credit of any kind. So, as we said, this was inspired by the episode of The X-Files with Donnie Faster in which he kidnaps Scully. And that's when Chris Carter decided to really explore a much darker side. This is definitely a darker show than The X-Files was, at least at the pilot level. And that is something I heard pretty consistently over the course of the series. That it was good but it is dark, so it's not going to be the kind of show for everyone. And that is what I'm seeing. This was a strong pilot episode. We've got a good cast. We've got a complete story here, but with dangling threads, so we know that there's potential for future stories, and we kind of have some feel for where we think the series is going. Having seen the way this series wrapped up in the X-Files, I know more than I really want to coming in. I usually like to come in blind, but what's done is done, so now I will just cover things as they come. And yeah, I enjoy what I have seen so far, and we can see elements in this that would later be used in the X-Files. For example, that man in Coffin was one of the people who was captured with his eyes and mouth sewn shut, which is imagery that Carter would use the following year for the rebel aliens in a two-part X-Files episode. I can't help but think that those images that were pretty shocking in the X-Files would have been significantly less shocking had I more clearly remembered this pilot episode at the time I viewed it. But that is all we have to say about the Season 1, Episode 1, Millennium, pilot episode.